Yes Have Some podcast is brought to you by Carnivorous Creations, your one-stop shop for all of your proton pack building needs. If you're in the market for a proton pack, head to carnivoruscreations.com. That's carnivorous with a K. You're going to find aluminum motherboards, resin parts, fiberglass shells, and a whole lot more. Find them on Facebook at Carnivorous Creations or head straight to carnivoruscreations.com. Remember carnivorous with a K and get started on an authentic screen accurate proton pack. Do you want some uh, coffee, Mr. Tully? Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. We got one! It's time for another episode of Yes, Have Some Podcast. Look at him in really bad shape. Come on, please. Please. Your weekly pop culture therapy session. Give me, give me, give me. I need, I need. Subscribe on iTunes by searching for Yes Have Some in the iTunes store or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yeshavesomecast. Sick vandalism. That is a deliberate mutilation of a public service message. And now, hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed with your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh. We're mutants. There's something wrong with us. Something very, very wrong with us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 50 of Yes, Have Some. 50? That's what, what I said. Whoa. Over the hill. We are over oh. the hill. We got that cane yeah. with, like, the rearview mirror and, like, the glasses. It's definitely Wait, all downhill. one of those canes. Yeah. It's, like, multi-purpose. Guys. It seems like a Swiss Army knife 50 for old people. episodes. Can you guys believe it? What are we it? doing? Um, How are we still doing this? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I know that we... I'm happy. Yeah, we're happy people, and we were having a very inappropriate discussion before the podcast started. <laughs> Nobody will ever hear it. No. <laughs> on episode 49.9. Down in the sewers. Uh, down in the sewers. But, uh, what- yeah, so congratulations. <laughs> Everybody give yourself a round of applause. Yes, we're 50 Yay. years young. Uh, no, not 50, 50 episodes, 50 not 50 years. episodes young. Um, so, yeah, uh, right off the top, thank you to all of our listeners, all of our friends, uh, not to our families, because mm. I don't think they know what, like, if I tried to explain to my dad what a podcast was, <laughs> it wouldn't work. No. No, yeah. Um, so, Jake, how are you, man? I'm pretty good, man. I'm still, you know, having to deal with not being in, you know, Chicago or Colorado, but I'm, I'm good. Right, You're adjusting. Right. You're in Valdosta, though, which is... Yeah. It's like not oh, as yeah. many oh, dinosaurs. Oh, you're in Valdosta, so it's cool. It's Shut cool. up. <laughs> oh, it's true. Uh, and uh, Abigail, how are you? I'm good. All right. I'm back. I'm adjusting. Yeah. Back, getting yeah. situated. Everybody... Getting in the swing of things. Getting back into that the old 9 to 5 routine. Oh, yeah. I get back uh, tomorrow, so... It's weird not um, being in the Stanley Hotel. Because we were there for two days... For some reason, it felt longer. It felt like we kind of moved in <laughs> for a Much longer, week. yeah. Um, it's like the Hotel California. Yeah. There's something weird going on Never at the hotel. Never leave. Have we... Well, I want to talk... I want to revisit this every week. Is that place actually haunted? Do we believe in ghosts? Are we questioning everything we know? I don't think I can, like, face that every single week and work through it. <laughs> I don't... I still don't believe in ghosts, but I... There were... I don't know. I think that when you're hyper aware and when you're in that environment and it's all around you and you kind of want to be immersed in it anyway, in a way. So I guess like certain things can like become more than they are. Right, right. If you're looking for it. I agree. Yeah. Um, I have a cousin uh, who. uh, Like the electric shots, like when we were at the elevator. That was. Hey, wait a minute. It's a lot of that. I was telling a story about how I have a cousin. Go for it. That's the whole story. No, (laughs) I, uh. 
yeah, I have a cousin who she had commented on Facebook while we were traveling. She's like big into like paranormal stuff, mm-hmm. and she's always like she knows we like dress up as Ghostbusters sometimes. And I think she was maybe under the impression that we were actually like into paranormal, like ghost hunting and all that. Oh. Kind of, all that <laughs> kind yeah, of stuff. it's like um, a natural thing to jump to, right? But she's super into it. Right. Like she's like that's what sure she's interested in it. And she had asked on Facebook. She was like, "Hey, did you guys you know have any experiences?" Um, I, we were traveling, I didn't get a chance, but I, I messaged her today. I was like, just to let you know, we did hear noises both nights. Like we talked about the last episode. Uh, and it was kind of weird. And she was like, there's no way I would ever be able to do what you guys did. (laughs) Dude. Right. I had people say that when I told them I was staying there too. They're like, how could, oh, you're like actually staying the night. It's like, yeah, absolutely. I want to be fully immersed in it. I want to like reenact everything that I can, that I can imagine that Stephen King would have done while walking through those hallways and like staying in his room. So yes. Yes. I'm going to wear the shirt. Well, because so, you know, like the movies, like paranormal activity, it's always like the spirits trying to like get rid of you and like hurt you kind of. But, mm-hmm. uh, like, at the Stanley, all the stories are, like, every all the ghosts are kind of friendly. Dude, they just want some candy. Like they, yeah. They just want to hang out and, like, touch your pencils and and play with, the uh, you know, toys and just, <laughs> Dude, like, whisper in your ear store and stuff. that they can go to if they want to get more of that. Like, <laughs> they just stay at the hotel the entire time. Yeah, and also it's, like, the, the hauntings of Room 217, it's, like, multiple guests have reported... Uh, un, like leaving their suitcases and they come back and all their their clothes are folded and their shoes are organized. Like, yeah, what, like what kind of why weren't they doing? That? I wanted them to do that. Right, super like, helpful. Like, please haunt. fold my clothes and pack my suitcase for me, please. <laughs> oh man, it's, they sorted through my makeup for me and like switched my bag out. It was great. <laughs> oh, Cleaned man. everything off. They help you out in the shower. <laughs> oh God, I got some help. Whoa. Yeah, it was good. So <laughs> wait, what happened? There wasn't a plug for the drain, like for the <clears throat> the shower. So, uh, yeah. like, I had to use a washcloth and, like, rig it to where, like, I was able to stuff the drain up for a for a nice hot bath. See, that didn't happen with me. I just used one of the ghosts that had them stand <laughs> over the... They're super helpful. <laughs> They're so so they, they fixed the drain. Um, Plugged it up. There it is. Plug so, it up. Yeah, definitely had fun. Uh, and like we said last week, we'll keep talking about the Stanley. We, yeah. we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, going back. Anything else going on before we get into some of this news? Hey. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it? Yeah. Uh, let's get the like swing of things. News music. Da-da-da. News. News. Uh, no, we want to talk about Ghostbusters this week. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah, um, it's, been a, it's been a while since we've had some, some Ghostbuster news. So. Fresh let's batch of news. Something let's new for Dan Aykroyd to cut into. Yeah. So, um, oh, I like that. Hey, thank so, you. It's always weird with Ghostbusters stuff because it kind of comes in waves. You won't hear anything for months. And then out of nowhere, there's just... You know, news and things happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yesterday uh, at Ghost Corps at Sony, they had a press event for the surprise release of the uh, Ghostbusters VR game that's on PlayStation. Now hiring. Now hiring. Ghostbusters now hiring. I keep wanting to apply. Every time I see that, I'm like, yes, an opportunity. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> to work at Ghostbusters. Get my application. Um, so they did an event at Ghost Corps, kind of similar to stuff they've done before, uh, where they had... Uh, some of the local franchises come uh, and test out the game, and they were there in their uh, packs and uh, flight suits and all that. And from what I heard, it's really cool. Like, basically, they're releasing it one chapter at a time, so you pay 7 bucks if you have PSVR. And, uh, yeah, it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Ghostbusters is, like, a really good world to explore, like, virtual reality gaming. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot you can do there. Absolutely. Um, 
but what I loved was so uh, we knew some people at the event, and uh, you'll guys, you'll everybody will be hearing about who was there, and you can see the pictures on Facebook and stuff. Um, but what I loved was so it was kind of small. Like every now and then, it kind of you kind of realize that Ghostbusters is a little bit smaller scale than like Star Wars. Like it because mm-hmm. we love it so much, it feels like it's the same. But then you see the pictures, right? You see the forest for the trees, and, like, and then there's like yourself. it's just like. 12 guys in flight suits standing around like, <laughs> while Dan Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman are cutting into a cake that looks yeah. like Dude, it was... those Southland Ghostbusters, can we just talk about how lucky they are? Yeah. Like, all those guys who live near Ghost yeah. Corps to go to those events? Yeah. So, good for them, but yeah, it's definitely not, like, the same on the same level. Or But I like, on. it's quaint, it's right. fun, it feels like family, but I love, there's these pictures, of, like, Dan Aykroyd's there, he's wearing a Louisiana Ghostbusters t-shirt. Dude, he looked good. He looked good, he looked casual. Yeah, yeah, he looked, he looked like he's steady losing some weight. Losing yeah. some yeah. weight, and uh, it, it's weird, too, because... Uh, he's been rehearsing for the Dan Frontation. Yeah, he's rehearsing he's like for Tom the, Cruise. <laughs> he's for get, a year. He's getting, He's getting ready for that Blues Brothers three. Right. Is what I hear. Well, you know, you feel bad because you know Ray Stance. You know, he's got a bad leg and he's blind in one eye. And he can't, get the, <laughs> can't get in the Cadillac anymore. Uh, but uh, no, he looked good because normally we see Dan at like Crystal Head events and he's wearing like the black button up and the black shades and the hat. The disguise outfit, right? Yeah, but he looked good. So, uh, good. but he's like cutting into this cake, and he and it's like. <laughs> the logo on it kind of, it looks good, but it almost looks like they maybe went to like the Publix bakery to get the cake. <laughs> they absolutely <laughs> did go to the Publix bakery. Uh, or whatever a grocery store like Kroger. Dude, Publix is good. Yeah. No, but do you, you know? guys think Dan and Ivan went and ordered the cake? Oh my god, I like, hope so. I hope that the, like someone there was initially someone else to do it, but then I was like, nah, Dan's gonna have to do it. So, that's gonna uh, be like a hidden episode like, of, of like a TV show or something where it's like time. the two of them last minute are getting erasing from place to place to try to find a Ghostbusters cake. Well they can't do it. We don't uh, watch that. That's window. a movie. That's a movie by itself. <laughs> he he checks out and the, the girl he misspelled it the first the girl time. at the register is like, Why do you call me cadet? Um <laughs> <laughs> So it was cool. It was really cool, and um, uh, Troy and Chris were there from the Cross Rip, and uh, uh, John Yarkabar, our good friend, and I don't know. I think we gave him a proper shout out, but like, so a couple episodes ago, uh, we talked about the Dan Frontation. It was kind of an on the spot uh, imagination running wild kind challenge. Of thing. It was a challenge where we came up with a, a theme park ride similar to the Kong Frontation, mm-hmm. uh, featuring Dan Aykroyd, and we kind of dreamed up this whole scenario. Grocery and, carts. And of course, John Yurkaba, our good friend and artist, uh, he drew it up, and it's amazing. And, Dude, yes. Uh, and there's like a splash ending that you can see foaming up <laughs> from the bottom, which I requested, so yeah. I'm so pumped about that. So, um, that's amazing. It's on our Facebook. You can check that out. Uh, but yeah, he was out there and uh, he said it was a great time, and it just looked like fun. It looked like uh, there's a couple pictures of Dan Aykroyd just by himself sipping on some Ecto Cooler, and I'm like, man, he has a good life. It's good. Do you guys <laughs> think he has like a couple little bottles of Crystal Head that he snuck yeah, into the Ecto Cooler? Yeah. Absolutely, Sweetens it up. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. But so yeah, they uh, Sony announced the PSVR. It's out. It's available now. You can buy it. Uh, download it, and uh, if you, if you do, let mm-hmm. us know. I don't. None of us have PSVR, no. uh, but nope. maybe we'll have to get it now. Guess we so. tried it Guess out. I got a good drop buy. some money. How hey. much are those things? Uh, well, you have to have a PlayStation, so that's mm-hmm. a couple hundred bucks, and then I think it's another three or four hundred bucks. So cool. What yep. we're gonna say is, if, are we real fans? Are we real fans? If any of our friends at Ghost Core or Sony are listening, you know, <laughs> if you hey. want us to review the new Ghostbusters we'll experience, it. we'll do it. Um, I could see, like, uh, Eric just sends us PSVR, and then we're like, 
hey, Eric, thanks. Could you send us, like, a credit to download the game, too? (laughs) And a PlayStation? It's done up! (laughs) Uh, Oh, they got swag bags yesterday. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. Not fair. It's not fair. God. You know, what did we ever... What'd they get? What was Man, there was some, like, patches and stickers and just little, you know, little plushies, things like that. Dude, they've got uh, stickers that are the Ghostbusters patch. But they yeah. say rookie on it. Uh-uh. I want oh, that. Cool. I bet rookie wants one too. You no, know he does. Not fair. Rookie um, so if we lived closer to Ghost Core, we would have swag bags too. Absolutely. Um and for all the people who say that we are paid off by Sony. Where's your swag bag? Where's our swag bag? And there it is. And we would <laughs> gladly be paid off by anybody. We will say anything for free stuff. Yeah. Please know Many that about please. us. Um, <laughs> but what I wanted to talk Catches. about so uh, Ivan Reitman did a couple interviews uh, while he was there. Uh, io9, I think, was the website that released the interview. Um, and they talked about the future of Ghostbusters. Did you both see that? Sure did. Mm-hmm. All right. So to sum it all up, uh, Ivan Reitman says, animated movie is still in the works, mm-hmm. hopefully released by 2019 or 2020. And there are multiple live-action films still in development. So... Uh, we kind of knew both of those things. That's kind of information that we've yeah. known or assumed uh, for the last little while. The most interesting stuff was his uh, when he was talking about Answer the Call, the 2016 movie. Oh, and yeah. This was the good stuff. This was the good juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the good, like, let's throw Paul Feig under the bus stuff. It I, does. I liked it. <laughs> it kind of felt that way, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. And, um, I mean, it's kind of stuff that uh, I think we all have um, – kind of known anyway it's stuff that we've we've heard here and there but just to hear him come out and say it right well to the bullet points are that and what we can discuss it further now is uh he said he wishes that the movie did better financially you know he wishes it was bigger which is obvious he said he thought it cost too much to make which is another like yeah it was $150 million. That's a lot of money. You better have a surefire hit. Mm-hmm. Um, he also said, though, he thought for a 30-year-old franchise that it did pretty well. Like, reviving something uh, after 30 years. I kind of disagree with that comment. I mean, I'm not going to jump over Ivan's judgment, but I think this isn't this isn't RoboCop, right? This isn't right. something like that. Was- it did pretty well because of the like the origin, like the source material being so like such a strong connection to, you know, people all across the world. Honestly, right. like it's like a, but it should have done better. It right, could have right. done better. Um, but we we'll go into that. But uh, he kind of alluded what Jake was just saying. He said that uh, he was having throughout the production constant what he called constant conversations with Paul Feig about the direction of the movie. Right. That's uh, the just the nicest way you can say it. <laughs> right. And yeah. he, but he also complimented Paul. He said Paul's a very talented director and he was the filmmaker on this. So uh, maybe he was a little bit, you know, he, he was kind of doing the politically correct thing. Um, I think it's safe to say we had heard stuff throughout production from various unnamed sources that there was some tension and behind some the back scenes. Back and forth, a lot of notes being passed. Yeah. And some changes being made, like, during the, you know, editing process yep. and obviously we heard about reshoots and then but yeah there's just there, we've we've heard we've heard things. stuff we've heard we've, tell of like some there, a lot it, of cooks in the kitchen there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen it can constrain creativity and creative flow when that kind of stuff happens and mm-hmm. so 
Yeah. And, there, and there was two different ideas. This is Ivan's baby. It's Ghostbusters. Paul Feig was in charge. And I have a feeling that there's a really good behind-the-scenes story that needs to come out one day. Yeah. What about that documentary? Mm-hmm. Oh, be cool. Should we do it? They answer oh, the call, Ghost make- Heads Behind the Scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the untold story. The untold story of oh. Ghost Heads. Oh, that one. Nobody needs Ghost that. Heads 2. Yeah, ghost heads because we want to uh, capitalize off the first one as much yeah, as we can. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, do uh, I? <laughs> so you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> it's good. So yeah, there was definitely a struggle. I think Ivan Reitman knew the entire time that though the actresses were talented, Jake, you still there? Yeah. Sorry, we're losing you a little bit. Hello. You there? You there? Sounds like yeah. you're in the drains. It sounds like he's uh Can you hear me? Kind of Will right you now. Say hello, Georgie. He, yeah, well hold on, don't say hello, Georgie. Uh start What's yelling. Happening? Are oh, you you're there? there? You're, you're there. Good. You're good. Hello? Right. You're good. Can you, you hear us? You got me? We got you. Got you. Alright, cool. We're good. For a for a second there you sounded like Penny trying to reach out to Charlie uh mm. in the, the, the Not under, Penny's boat. Oh Not Penny's no, boat. don't do that to uh-uh. me. That's what Jake. No, don't do Jake. it. Jake. I feel like I'm not going to edit any of that out because it was awesome. Um, let's, should cool. we just start talking about Lost right now? Okay, cool. So I'm gonna I'm already crying. There was a struggle behind the scenes between Ivan and Paul. There was some uh, uh, they, they, they were tugging on each other. There were some tugs, <laughs> some not fun. Tugs. Um, not yeah, the good kind. The not the good kind of tugs. Not the ghosts at the Stanley Hotel. Oh, uh, they do some good tugs. They do great tugs. <laughs> Um, so yeah, th- it is what it is, and uh, answer the call is out. We all know what it is. It, it has strengths. It has weaknesses. It sounds like Ghostbusters is ready to move forward. Um, obviously, projects like the PSVR keep uh, the relevancy there. Yeah, um, and uh, the new comic book from IDW. Yeah, yeah, it's out. Yeah. Crossover. Crossover. Very cool. I was going to talk about it for my one stress. Yeah, we can get to that later. We'll but it is to cool later. to see it. Still breathing and up and moving around in comic book stores. So is that's it cool? cool? Um, I'm gonna we'll, okay. Hold we'll off talk, on that one. We'll hold talk off on about that one. it. I'll talk we'll, about we'll get it. Get to it. Uh, but yes, Ghostbusters 101, the first issue from IDW, is out. I'm gonna be talking about that in just a few. Uh, but but what you said is correct. It it is good. It is good that uh, Ghostbusters is out there and that it's not just dying. It's not. It's not. It's it's Ghostbusters. It's gonna be here forever. I just, it's like your family. It is like your family, but <laughs> I just wonder where it goes. I wonder if the animated movie is actually going to happen. You know? Yeah, I, I kind of think – I feel like an animated movie is not the right thing to do immediately after um, a live action. Like especially like when the live action movie doesn't perform – as well as anybody wanted it to. Right. I think going animated is the wrong way to go because I feel like that's less of an audience. Like yeah, is there people a don't take people don't take animated movies like as serious. Right. Right. Usually usually when there's an animated film, it's never like canon to the movie series. Right. You know, so it's just it's a weird like make an animated movie, sure, but do that is like a straight to DVD or something while also working on an actual, like mm-hmm. I feel like live action should be what, what they should be jumping into and they should be jumping into trying to fix what, you know, 
is broken. Right. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like that's where they should go. Like that's what they should be worried about. They should be worried about yeah. a good writer writing a good movie. Right. Like if you're course correcting, don't throw out a scrap, like put something like major out that can really change things. And yeah. Like, so yeah. Exactly. That we can digest. And I'm, I'm going to actually, I want to jump grow in from, I'm going to, cause this kind of, there's a point I want to make that has to do with Ghostbusters 101 and the kind of crossover of those universes. But I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on that for just a few minutes because I have more to say about it. Um, and I want to keep everybody in suspense. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, I want to circle back around to that. Um, I think an animated movie could work. Sony has had uh, success with animated films. Uh, I think they did like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and uh, and, and others. Um, I feel like if you're going to do a Ghostbusters movie, it needs to be not Ghostbusters. Not the four Ghostbusters chasing ghosts. Maybe do something from the ghost perspective. Maybe it's on, like, the in the paranormal world, just all ghosts, like Stay Puft Slimer and, and a whole array of other ghosts. That And, and it could be fun. Aim it towards kids. Uh, but I don't know if an animated Ghostbusters movie, whether that's the 1984 Ghostbusters, the new ones, the real Ghostbusters, I don't think that... I agree with Jake. I don't think that's the way to go to help revive the franchise right now. If the franchise was thriving, like they're doing a Spider-Man movie and uh, animated along with the, you know, the Spider-Man movie um, that's coming out. And I think that's good because it's a popular Marvel character. You know, it's going to make money. You know that the audience is there. I don't know if the audience is just automatically there for Ghostbusters right now. I don't think you could. It was proven this year. You can't just slap Ghostbusters on a movie and have a box office success. You just can't. Right. Without marketing marketing it directly to um, who you're, like, shooting for. I think there was a lot of confusion behind the scenes. They didn't know who they were shooting for. Right. Right? Right. They didn't. The reality is, is, like, kids are going to go see that movie with their parents. Um, But their parents, having heard so much negative shit about the movie going into it, it's, like, such a deterrent. And that started, like, right off the bat from the very beginning. So. Absolutely. And it's just weird. The whole the whole thing is weird and we've talked about it a lot, but we haven't talked about it in a while, so I don't mind just kind of like re like re depressing myself. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it again. I might. I might. Are I, you feel watch like, it again? I feel like I need to do a rewatch, especially after reading that comic. Um yeah, like I wanna I wanna peek in and see if it's just see what's going on. There's some places I like to revisit and like a lot of it that makes me happy and <clears throat> At this point, I am nostalgic because it's like one year out since we were there for that trailer event. That was pretty recent. So, yeah, I mean, it is – it's just – it's a lot to work through. And <laughs> there's a lot of good things, and I'm very happy to be a part of this community, and I wouldn't take it any other way. Um, but it's not Star Wars, so it's, it's, it's Ghostbusters. This is, all right. Star Wars celebrations coming up. There's going to be like 100,000 people running around Orlando acting crazy, reacting to the Last Jedi trailer. Mm-hmm. And then you have Ghostbusters, which is basically 60-year-old Dan Aykroyd cutting a cake with like 10, <laughs> 10, uh, 10 dudes in flights. But he looks good in a t-shirt. He's so <laughs> happy for him. And, uh, but I think it's cool that uh, Ivan is speaking publicly. And obviously we're all looking for more, right? We all want that 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 juicy piece of information that says, yeah. hey, we've got a great script from this writer. It's going to be with this director. Yeah, time heals all wounds. We're all, we've, went aw- we've gone away for a little while, and it's good to see everyone come back out again. So, And also he did say that unifying, unifying the universe is really important to him. 
And I, mm, I'm going to get to that. That's also going to be in my Ghostbusters 101 uh, conversation under what stress and file that. You're really what, teasing that. Oh, it's yeah, yeah, there's it's no coming, way huh? it's going to yeah. live up to okay. it. Um, cool. So I'm ready for it. Uh, was there any more Ghostbusters news we needed to cover before we move on to what stress and I think that was it, man. That's basically that was it. it. Yeah. Um, so to sum all that up, uh, more Ghostbusters movies probably. When Danfrontation coming. Danfrontation's <laughs> coming. There, we might see a Dan Aykroyd theme park ride before we see a new Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, there is that Ghostbusters theme park ride opening in Germany. Okay. So that's True. something. Yeah. So we need to go to Germany soon. <laughs> that's for yes, sure. have some live from Germany. Yes. No, that's not <laughs> happening. No. Uh, all right, cool. You guys want to get stressed? Yeah. Do it. I'm already Do stressed. It. Stress music. You're looking a little stressed. Is this some radical new therapy? Why don't you do something with your life? Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. Too stressed to be blessed. Cool. Huh. All right, cool. So uh, it's time for that weekly segment where we all kind of uh, shed a couple layers of skin and really uh, become... Whoa, that, that sounds gr- gross. Who's going to clean up after us? Yeah. The, the, uh, our friends and family. Uh, Jacob Walsh, what's up, man? Hey, man, how's it going? Pretty hey. good. Are you, uh, you got some stress this week? Stress? Got a little bit of stress, yeah. Cool. Um, Go for it. Cool. So I think following probably my... Probably the last couple of of stresses that we've had, or that I've had, um, they have kind of all been Stephen King related, right? And this this week's not going to be any different. Well, you know, um, he's an up and coming author. Brand new. I hear. I hear he's gonna. He, I hear he's pretty good. He's about to explode on the scene. Yeah, <laughs> like he's gonna any day here. He's gonna go mainstream. Yeah. I'm about to explode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, those ghosts. Um, That's <laughs> it. <laughs> So, we got this uh, this little movie that's coming out called It. Oh, and girl. We've been, we've been talking about it a lot. Bill Denbro's uh, Ponytail. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll talk about the miniseries later. I watched it last night. Sorry, Jake. Go ahead. No, you're good. <laughs> uh, so, a trailer has been has finally been, like, we've been getting teased with, you know, pictures of Pennywise, of the losers. All kinds of stuff. The movie comes out in less than six months, like five and a half at this point. Um, I'm embarrassed got- by the noise I just made. <laughs> <laughs> so we haven't gotten a trailer yet, which that's bugging me. But a trailer was shown uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, right before, or I guess right before we went on our trip, a trailer was shown at um, South by Southwest. And it hasn't made its way online um, there is a description of it. We talked about this a little bit, but the thing that's kind of stressing me out is that we got um, an image, like a new image from the movie. That's I guess going to be in the new episode, not episode, the new um, entertainment. Is it Entertainment Weekly or oh, is it? Gonna, yeah, yeah. I think it's Entertainment. So. No, Empire. I don't think it's Empire. Empire. In the new Empire, there's there's a new photo. And it's it's a terrifying photo. It's a good picture. It's Pennywise in the sewer. You can see Georgie about to reach his hand in. But what I don't like is that I don't want that moment to be spoiled for me. I know it's happening. It's one of the big, you know, it's one of the yeah, famous. Yeah, the opening of the book. It's the, the right opening right. of the book. It's very, it's the famous, it's one of the scariest parts. But I don't want to see that before the, like, I want to. 
I want to see that in context of the movie. I don't want to see that first. And like, even though the picture is great, it's stressing me out because not only are we already seeing Pennywise in the sewer, it's also like one one of the things I've been wondering is that if this version of Pennywise is ever going to not look scary in the book, he's not terrifying all the time. No, he's like alluring. Right. Yeah, when George when Georgie first sees him in the sewer, he he's a, he looks happy. He's not he's not scared. George isn't scared of him right, right away. He like talks in a perfectly normal voice to him, and it's yeah, like, right. And and he he transforms into you know from being like just a clown to the scary version of Pennywise right before he kills Georgie. Mm-hmm. And in this picture, it's Georgie reaching. And it's Pennywise with a scary face. So I'm like, we're seeing the exact moment. Like, this is two seconds before Georgie dies. They're showing it to us already. Like, I don't... It's I just I don't want to see that and and I know that it's going to be in the trailer too. There's a trailer description and they talk about showing you know the boat going in the drain. They talk about Georgie seeing Pennywise and and I'm like, man, don't dude. It's like seeing your bride in a dress before your wedding day. Like you don't want to see that shit yet. It's like as much as I want to watch a see a trailer for this movie, I kind of don't want to see the trailer now because it's like. I've read the trailer description and I know what all they're going to show. And it's, it's like all the big beats from that are in, you know, uh, it's a lot of stuff that's in the original miniseries, and, uh, and they're putting stuff in there that I think they know people are going to remember because, you know, this isn't based off of that. It's based off the book. So it's going to have a lot that people haven't seen, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, they, they say that the, the blood in the, in the, in the sink in Beverly's sink is in the trailer. Like Whoa. they're just going to, they're just going to show everything. And, Usually with with movies I'm super into, I'll watch the first trailer. Maybe I'll watch the second trailer, but I never watch any of the TV spots and I never watch the third trailer because those things are always full of spoilers. And I know everything that's going to happen in this movie or most of it anyway, but I just don't want to see. But you also don't know because there's the question of like <coughs> what forms it's going to take like as derivative to what movies the kids have watched or whatever. Like you and I have right. talked about They're that. Changing all of that. Right. Yeah, because I was down. Because times. Yeah, changed. dude, I was down that Wikipedia hole a couple days ago on the <laughs> trip um, right after finishing the book or whatever and reading about um, like the production because they're filming in like uh, British Columbia or something like that. I can't remember. Right. Um, but yeah, they were talking about what movies are on the marquee uh, for like the Aladdin theater or whatever they're calling it for this version. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's everyone knows it's 1989. Like, I'm, I'm, so I read, yeah, Batman 89 is on that marquee and it's like, it's just, it just fills your mind with a lot of like questions of like, what's it going to be like legitimately? I love the idea of Pennywise taking the form of Bob the Goon. I love it. <laughs> Pennywise like, hey, mister, give me a dollar. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's the, down the drain just looking yeah, for a dollar. Yeah. They go down the drain. It's the two, uh, the two, the two guys from the beginning of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Yeah, you should put the gun it. on the kid, man. Uh, you should put the gun on the kid. Uh, um, it's Mrs. Kirsch. Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I totally get where you guys are coming from, and I love this hypothetical talk. I feel like when the It trailer is released, Jake's going to lock himself in a room and watch it for like eight hours straight. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm so I, – I mean – I'm sitting here saying like, oh, I don't want these moments to be spoiled, but it's like I, I want to see that trailer so badly. I want, I just want to know what this movie's going to be like. It's, it is, you know, it's my favorite book. Uh, 
it's it's terrifying. Like the book is terrifying, mm-hmm. and I've liked everything I've seen so far from the from the pictures of of the new production. And I'm I'm so ready to see this trailer and to see what this movie is going to be like. It's it's I mean it's the same. It, I feel the same way we felt when we were waiting for the Ghostbusters trailer. You know, right. it, yeah. we, it felt like they were torturing us with it, mm-hmm. and and like uh, just the whole production and you know. Uh, marketing, it's it just it hasn't started yet, and right. it's and it's and I'm like, where is it? You know, we're six months no. out, we should be getting it. Right. Um, I feel like with the um, with fall release horror movies, you don't really start seeing the production. Like, you'll see a ton of it trailers on all the summer blockbusters starting in like May and June. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think we're going to be inundated. Yeah, it's going to be the biggest horror release this year. Right. When I think I, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and after I was listening to the Stephen King cast uh, over the last couple of days, the breakdowns of it, which he did like, I don't know, like four or five or six episodes. Yeah. Um, and in the first one, he talks about the idea of doing uh, like viral marketing as um, the stories from like the dairy papers about the, the kids who are found like the La Monica girl or whatever, who turn up mutilated like in the very beginning and using that as like real news stories that show up like in viral marketing online, like little pieces to like build the dairy history, which yeah. I think that's an amazing idea. And it bums me out if it like, I don't think that's going to happen because it hasn't yet. And we're six months out, but that would be like a really cool thing to see. Yeah. It also would have been a good way to, you know, fit in material that's in the book that you can't fit into, you know, the movie. And and I know they're doing two, two movies, but still, you know, say that, say that equals out to like four and a half, five hours worth of stuff. You still got a book that's like 1200 pages. So, um, yeah, that would have been a cool way to, for us to get scenes and little side story. Cause there's, there's chapters and chapters of shit in that book Dude, yeah. that don't, that don't even have anything to do with the main, with the losers. Yeah. You know, some would just argue like, it's bloated, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like some of that stuff you could totally do as viral right. marketing stuff. Right. Um, I it, bet there's going to be some awesome stuff at Comic-Con this year. Right. Yeah. I bet, yeah. I look forward to that, yeah. Um, on, on, like, kind of a side note, but related to this, I was listening to uh, the latest episode of the Stephen King cast, and mm-hmm. he was talking about that Dark Tower poster. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I don't know a whole lot about Dark Tower, but I listened to that episode, and I, I think um, he, he, he did a pretty good job of explaining uh, how this movie, how the new Dark Tower fits in with the, the book timeline. And uh, but one thing he he was talking about, which I thought was very funny, and you guys are about to see why he was talking about how frustrating he was getting with Sony because Sony's <laughs> Sony's putting out the Dark Tower. Oh and yeah, oh yeah. He was he was talking Dude, we about need to get it, him on here. We got to. <laughs> we got to get he, him. He was talking about how it's been pushed back multiple times. There was supposed to be a trailer, like the movie was supposed to come out like in February or something, or the trailer was supposed to come out and. There's just been like uh, at one point the Dark Tower was supposed to um, they were supposed to show off something at like a convention and they pulled out and like just all this crazy shit. And he was and he was talking about how uh, he got up that day to record an episode and his plan was to just basically complain about Sony (laughs) and how bad their marketing (laughs) is and how there hasn't been a trailer. There hasn't been a poster to a movie that's coming out in a couple months. And I just wanted to be like, hey, dude. That's Sony for you. I just wanted to be right. like, that's exactly what we Welcome went through with Ghostbusters, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's the, Sony Pictures is the real losers club. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait, sorry. Let me request. 
Sony Pictures are the real losers club. Uh. Guys, I need to get grammatically Correct. functional. Uh, no, we love Sony. Sony, come on. We love you. We love everything about you. Um, so, I could be wrong. I feel like the Dark Tower, the original release date was February of this year. Yeah, I think it was. It was February. And it was pushed back to summer. But they just made that announcement in, like, November. So, that imagine... We don't have a trailer yet, and it was supposed to be out a month already. Right. There's also been, like, reshoots on it, like, yeah. fairly recently. Well, it was in development least. for a really long time, mm-hmm. and at one point, it was going to be, like, three movies and, like, also a couple television series, like, right. all, like, related to each other. Yeah. Um, and listen, I get it. It's a seven-book series. It's basically Stephen King's magnum opus. It's The books are very long. Um, and there's a lot of content there, and it's a huge undertaking to take all of that and try to do it uh, and do it justice. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and make a prediction. It'll probably suck. <laughs> like, like I mean, I, I, I think, <laughs> it like hurts to hear that, but I like, mean, it might. It, it maybe it's amazing, right? Maybe it'll be great. We can hope for the best. But let's face it, it could suck too. And it could. <laughs> I'm yeah. holding out more hope for it. So. Right, and it's just a different. It's just a different beast. I think it different like, genre. The Dark Tower. So this is what worries me about the Dark Tower. In the literary world, in the Stephen King world, the, everybody knows the Dark Tower. Do the mainstream like public know what that is, or do they care? Like I know they were popular books, but does the average movie? I don't want to see it turn into like one of these movies that comes out, like that movie Life that's about to come out, right? That's also Sony Pictures. It's getting good reviews, uh, but pe- but because pe- it's not like a mainstream um, like name or mm-hmm. brand recognition, right? You're doesn't talking, have right. the brand recognition. What if that movie just flops? Like it could, and that has to do with people's movie going habits. So, right, people, all this loops around to this. Right. I hope the trailer is amazing, and I hope we start seeing a lot of buzz for it, and I hope the movie is great. That's what I hope for. Yeah, yeah, that's all you can hope for. Right, that's all you can hope for. Stay positive. Yeah, um, but Jake, I was going to touch on this earlier. There's a interesting conversation to be had about avoiding trailers and does that make the movie going experience better? Um, if I could do it, I would, but I can't. It's hard. Yeah, dude. Like I, I mean, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it before. Like um, I try to stay away. At a certain point, you know, I have to see the first trailer. Usually, the second trailer is better. But I found out that, like, the third trailer, yep. it's always the trailer you don't want to watch. I remember uh, right before – so right before Kong came out, um, they released a third trailer for Kong, and all the headlines were like, third trailer for Kong is super insane, like mm-hmm. super filled with stuff. And I was like, I'm not watching this trailer. So right. then I went, and saw, I went and saw Kong, and then I went back and watched that trailer, and I was so glad I didn't watch it because right. it was like full of spoilers. It was like full of all these like really beautiful things that are left better seeing for the first time in the movie theater. Right. Right. I agree. And um, dude, like the third trailer always has Star Lord's dad in it, so every you're time. stressing me out right now, honestly, because <laughs> like that's fast approaching. Um, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Yeah, there's only there's only like another week left of March, dude, so it's, it's coming up soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Chris Pratt well, Wait, Guardian. save wait. it You gotta save okay, it well, You gotta save it It was one of those headlines that you just had to read out loud As soon as you read it So uh, Cool, Jake, anything else on that? 
No, that's it, man. Cool, man. I feel your stress. Yeah, uh, it's I funny feel too. it too. I was having a conversation with my buddy Carrie at work uh, around the time Rogue One was out, and he was telling me that like he never watches trailers ever. He avoids them all. And he had not seen anything for Rogue, Rogue One or Episode Seven. I've literally it. witnessed him walk out of a movie theater yep. to avoid trailers. So, so yeah, and I was like, "Dude, how could you do that?" I'm like, "I'm like, don't you love Star Wars?" He's like, "Yeah, it's like my favorite thing in the world." I'm like, "Well, what if you die before the movie comes out? Then you will have not seen any of it." And he was like, <laughs> "He was like, yeah, but I'm okay with that." And I was like, "How <laughs> could you be okay with it? Like, if someone was like, hey, Episode Eight comes out in December.'" You're dying in July. Do you at least want to see the trailer? I'm like, yes, I want to see at least the trailer. Come on, man. Uh, by the way, if anybody comes up to me and says that, I'm going to be very upset. Um, well, cool. Jake, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. For that. Uh, yes, Abigail. Thank you. I'm getting progressively more stressed because I just happened upon an article here in The Hollywood Reporter that was posted four hours ago. Um, that's, the headline is Chris Pratt hypes Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Everyone will get pregnant. So I read further, and the rest of the quote says, everyone will get pregnant, candy will fall from the sky, global warming will stop, dinosaurs will come back to life, wrote Pratt in a Facebook post. <laughs> so guys, it sounds like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is going to be amazing. Well, according to well, the lead actor. Of course actor, the main actor is going to say that. Dude, he knows everything. Uh, that's funny and hilarious, and I love him. That makes me want to see the movie more. But the thing that's actually stressing me out, I'm legitimately stressed about this. Craig showed this to me in the car on the way home from Kong today. Um, the uh, Regal Cinemas is putting out a special ticket for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It's called The Ultimate Ticket, and it looks like the Awesome Mix Volume 1. And on the uh, website here, it says, Guess what the Regal Ultimate Ticket receive? One ticket to one showtime on each business day during the initial release of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So basically, this thing is $100. On the back, you have your name engraved. And with it, you can see the movie an unlimited amount of times, but only once per day. Per day. And it has to be at Regal Cinemas. Yeah. So that mm. messes with me and my stress on several levels because, A, I want to know, am I getting not getting ticket stubs for this when I go and see the movie each time because I have OCD and I want to collect all my stubs and line them up and possibly frame them or put them on the refrigerator and B, what if I want to see the movie like three times in a day or like twice the first night um, I guess I'm just going to be paying extra and what if like, I, I don't know it's $100 and also there's only 1,000 of these cards being made and they're not even on sale yet and I don't know when they're going to be on sale so I'm extremely stressed out about this and I just, I don't know if it's going to be enough. I'm going to have to get it, obviously, but what if I don't get it? And also, the other thing is, what if it's terrible? And, like, what if I'm just stuck with this, like, like admission to see it an unlimited amount of times and I, like, fucking hate it? <laughs> so I'm a little bit stressed about that, but I don't think it's going to happen. Like, you, like, you go to the theater every day and buy a ticket for I Guardians have, like, PTSD. with PTSD. And you go into a different movie? Yeah, like, I'm going to go see Logan. Uh, that's not going to be it. Well, uh -huh. it might still. Well, that's um, cool. That I th I feel like they've done that for other movies. Jake, is there a movie that you would pay a hundred dollars for an unlimited viewing pass for? Uh, you like like that's not out yet, or hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not. I guess it's not really fair to say that about a movie I've already seen because okay. I can tell you, yes, I would have. But I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess that's that's tough. <laughs> um, I I would have maybe done that with Kong. Okay. Um, if they if they if they did it with like the new Godzilla movie, I'd do it for sure. Okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, basically, you have to see the movie ten to twelve times to get your value. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 
But I think as collectors, we know the value is... In- I saw it, I think, I saw the original one, like, I think four or five times in theaters, so... I feel I also like think that, I also think that once you once you've made that purchase and you have it, then you'd probably see it more because you'd be like, well, hey, I can go see it whenever I want. You know, and you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about being like, oh, do I have an extra 20 bucks? You can just go. Yeah, I wonder if you get the, 3D IMAX or if it's like standard viewing. only. It says you can do any of them. Oh. So, yeah, I already read. Um, wow. Dude. Yeah. For including 3D and IMAX. Um, but, yeah, also my theater, which I do have a specific theater, it's a quieter one. It's on the south side instead of, like, up in the city. That is an AMC theater. It's not a Regal. So, <laughs> And that's the one that I had my, like, first relationship, like, like my ongoing viewings of Guardians of the Galaxy was at that theater. So as a creature Oh, I've of had habit, a couple relationships at that theater, too. Dude, I've had some <laughs> relationships there. Yeah, I don't want to, like, go to a different theater because it's just different. I think we all know this. Yeah. As a collector, I'm gonna get it. Yeah, I'm just because I have if to. If it wasn't it. limited to it's a got thousand, my name on it. you probably wouldn't buy it. No, but, but knowing that like other people might have it and you won't, you're like, well, I'm buying that thing. I have to get it. <laughs> well, you have to. Um, yeah, I'm stressed about it, but like I'm also thrilled because it's coming soon and it's just it's gonna be amazing. So, well, I mean, what, what, how? So I was talking to my brother today, and he he was a huge fan of the first Guardians. <laughs> But he was saying that the trailers so far haven't really done it for him. Okay. So I mean, how do you feel as a fan? Have the trailers I know done it's not, it for it, you? Nothing will ever do it like the first one. Like, it's the way The Matrix was when I first saw that movie. It was, like, spiritual. It, you like, never forget the first time. You never forget your first Keanu experience. Um, but no, like, that, that movie, unlock, Guardians of the Galaxy, unlocked something within me. And the first time I watched it, I was shedding tears, like openly weeping into my hoodie and I knew I was going to the next time I went which was probably like two days later I went by myself in the morning and that was one of the first times I ever did that and that's become sort of a habit of mine when I find a movie that like nestles into my heart in a special spot like I want to go back and experience it it becomes like yeah it was Guardians and then what was the other uh, Mad Max Fury Road yeah yeah you answer the call no, you liar. No, 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 I lie. <laughs> I never went to go see that one by myself in the movie theaters, and that breaks my heart. So, we'll talk about it. That's so. just how I feel. Um, I usually feel. Here's a question for you. I saw The Force Awakens that way, too. I went back, and I went back. Usually, when there is. What does Guardians of the Galaxy have that gets you going that Ghostbusters Answer the Call doesn't? Ooh. Drax realizing that it is good to once again be amongst friends who accept him even despite his blunders and the fact that friendship is the thing that bound them together to even though each of them is weak as individuals when they clasp hands they could you know touch the infinity stone and and like break that force and the fact that friendship and the relationships you have with people being stronger than family and being what really because Starler didn't have a family and I just I'm going to fucking cry. I fucking love my friends. And I think that friendship is the most important thing in this world. I am I am like a, a cold, bleeding heart atheist who doesn't believe in ghosts or anything, but I believe in people. And I think that that movie was just, it was showcasing that. And I think that it was written by a person, James Gunn, who has experienced life and who knows how to talk about it. And I think it's just a beautiful love letter and a gift and a soundtrack and Everything else, and Chris Pratt, like, it's just, it's just, and Rocket Raccoon and Groot, like, the gift to the entire world that was Groot, the fucking talking tree and baby Groot now, like, it's just special. So you're telling me Answer the Call doesn't have that? Um, (laughs) dude, it's got, you know, it's got Kevin, it's got some good stuff. 
<laughs> it's got so. Kevin. Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the power of friendship and knowing <laughs> what it's like to be a loner in this world and bonding with people just to make a difference. And then <laughs> Ghostbusters. Well, we got Kevin, and he should probably be wearing a <laughs> helmet. Uh, oh, I, I get what thing. you're saying. I get it. And maybe it's an unfair comparison, but sometimes movies just grab you and they take you on a ride that you weren't expecting. And uh, that's what you have with Guardians of the mm-hmm. Galaxy. That's what Jake has with Jaws. Mm-hmm. That's what I have As soon with, as you get off the um, ride, you want to get back on. Uh, what's that movie with Topher Grace? Uh, he, in Good Company? Yeah, In Good Company with Dennis Quaid. Uh, what a what a ride. The interview. Another <laughs> the one. Interview. You're right. Guys, have you guys watched the interview? It's so good. I've watched you watch the interview so many times. <laughs> I've watched the interview like three times. Every time Abby just stares at me with her mouth like wide open. Like, uh, I can't believe you're doing this to yourself. Uh, <laughs> why? Uh, no, in all seriousness, we all have it with Ghostbusters. We, we, there's, there's certain uh, movies or books or television shows that just they speak directly to you. You feel like James Gunn wrote and directed Guardians of the Galaxy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's awesome. So... I am very excited to see Guardians 2, uh, and I'm excited for you to to hopefully have that exact same experience. Now, I'm not saying I think it's going to be the exact same experience. Like, I know there's going to be some sort of a letdown. I assume there's, like, a built-in degree of it not being being able to recapture that. But then again, I have this, like, little, like, tiny spark of faith that, like, what if it knocks it out of the water? Like, what if Terminator 2 happens? Yeah, Terminator 2. Oh, wow. Godfather 2. Yeah. Uh, Jaws 2. You know? We got Kurt Russell. We'll see what happens. Jaws 2, just as good. Just Even as better. Good, if not better. Lost World, just as good. Okay. Well, um, maybe I should yeah. stop. Now cool. I'm really stressed. No, I like it. Good job. I like that. I like okay. what you're saying. It's I like the passion real. that happens at Yes Have Some Podcast. We cry real tears it's around It's late here. night passion. Guys. It's like the cat We house. love the cross rip, but I dare you to find an episode where Chris Stewart cries. Dude, I want to find that episode. Uh, we're going to make him cry. I don't know how. Chris Stewart, we're going to make you cry. That's the yes, have some promise. <laughs> That's the yes, have some promise to Chris Stewart <laughs> and Troy Benjamin. Uh, no, we love you. We love both of you. And we love Guardians of the Galaxy and James Gunn. So thank you for that stress. It was wonderful. Yeah. Are you guys ready for my teased uh, stress? Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear it, I'm man. so ready. All right, here it is. Today was the release date of Ghostbusters 101, the brand new miniseries from IDW Comics. Uh, of course, uh, written by Eric Burnham and... Uh, Art by Dan Schoening. We love those guys. They've been doing the IDW comics for a long time. uh, And the new issue is out. I will first say I do not keep up with the comics like I should. I've read a lot of them, sometimes out of order, sometimes just thumbing through, sometimes just looking at the pictures because I'm a child. (laughs) Um, But Ghostbusters 101 is out. The reason why it's special is that it is the crossover with the Answer the Call uh, Ghostbusters. So I'm not going to do a full review here. Uh, anybody who wants to read it should go out and check it out. I did thumb through it. Uh, or actually, I read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I did more than just look at the pictures. I read it. I read um, it too. Abby read it too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's good. It's it's basically a, an introduction into how those worlds start to begin to cross. So basically, the concept is that the answer the call Ghostbusters are in a, paral- a parallel universe of New York. Um that exists simultaneously with other universes. So you're saying it's what every single fan wanted the movie to be? Well, basically. Okay. Um, So, my stress is, after the anticipation of this coming out, and after reading it, and this is not, this has nothing to do with the writing or the artwork or the story. This is just based on the concept 
the Ghostbusters of we that we grew up with crossing over with the answer to the call Ghostbusters. My opinion of that is, and my stress comes from this, I really just don't care. Well, I just, tell us how you feel. I just don't really sure. care. Sing it, sister. And this is why I don't care. I don't really care because I did not find it to be a necessary step moving forward in Ghostbusters. And this is why I worry about the future of the franchise. I feel that because of all of the rhetoric surrounding Answer the Call and because of all the pushback and people wanting a Passing the Torch movie or a traditional sequel uh, or something like that, I feel that the reason why this is happening with this crossover doesn't come from an honest place. I feel like when Ivan Reitman says we want to make all the universes make sense, that that should not be the number one priority. The number one priority shouldn't be all right, now we've got these other Ghostbusters. How do we combine them with the originals? The priority should be, what is the best possible story that we can tell, no matter what characters you're using? And I feel like if they get caught up with convincing themselves that the next step is to make sure that Universe 1 and Universe 2 can mash up and exist as canon, I feel like if that in Ghostbusters is the the what's on the forefront of their minds... I think we could be looking at not great content. It could be amazing, but I don't I don't want I don't like the thought of the people at Sony or Ghost Corps or writers, directors, whatever meeting and going, Okay guys, our priority is how do we make sure that people know that the original universe and this universe can coexist? Because at this point, the other movie's out, and it doesn't really matter. And if people absolutely love Answer the Call, that's great. If they decide to make a sequel to Answer the Call, that's great. If they want to drop little hints here and there that these co- worlds coexist, I'm fine with that. But I don't think, as uh, from a creative standpoint, the number one thing should be, hey, let's make sure that we uh, spend a lot of time letting everybody know that there's multiple universes and they can cross over into each other. Because we already know that about Ghostbusters. I don't really need that told to me because it's very obvious in the Paul Feig movie that that movie has nothing to do with the original right. Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. There was the, the, besides the little tag at the end with the Zool thing, it basically feels like something completely different. And I'm actually OK with that. I, I it wouldn't have been my first choice, but I'm OK with it. What if like the entire movie took place in some sort of like a weird I don't want to say like. Something went wrong at the factory, but like some sort of like a like a, not a dream like it was almost a dream sequence or something that like happened as a not as an accident. That's the well, word I'm trying to avoid, but, but like like a mishap. Within, yeah, within like a single issue or something like that. Some way to like better explain it or like I mean, so the way they address it in the comic is this: basically, um, if you've read the comic, there was a crossover at one point with the Ninja Turtles, and I think Egon and Donatello build some contraption that has to do with the containment unit that allows the Ninja Turtles to travel back to their own uh, their own universe. So basically, they're bringing that back, and they kind of say in the comic that they're that this is a way to parallel New York's, um, and one of the parallel New York's has other Ghostbusters, which are the answer to the call Ghostbusters. Right. That's fine, and I think. It works well in the comic, but ultimately, if I explore my feelings on it, I don't want to get too preachy. I just don't, for whatever reason, I just don't really care. 
It just doesn't mean. And that you're much someone who loves. I think all three of us are people who love crossovers and that like connected Stephen King universe and like J.J. Abrams stuff and Cloverfield and like seeing things cross over one to the next should make you happy. <laughs> it does, but it also feels like uh, retconning. Like it's retroactive. It's like. Okay, let's. We, we should have done this in the first place. We didn't. It ended up making the movie not as good as it should have been. So now let's just do it anyway. And it just kind of, I think the whole thing just kind of bums me out. I feel like I love Kristen Wiig and I love Paul Feig and I think they're super talented. I did not love Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Every time I rewatch it, I love it a little bit less. And I feel like I'm just kind of ready to move past it. But that's just me. If, if there's well, you don't have to read the comic. Well, I'm, I'm not going to not buy it. It's Ghostbusters. It's a crossover. <laughs> right, right. Of course I'm going to buy it. Right. I think maybe they were hoping to channel in some of the people who were into the new stuff, maybe catch their eye. Well, I feel like they deserve their own comic, and I feel like that's where it's going. I don't mind seeing Jillian Holtzman on a page. Like, I don't hate certain parts of Answer the Call. And I didn't mind reading the comic book. I thought it was... The comic's well done. Right, exactly. And I want to. I want to make that uh, abundant. The Easter clear. eggs are always amazing and worth looking for. The, like IDW, those RGB those, toys. the creative team, they do a great job. I just worry that moving forward, when they start talking about another live action movie or an animated movie, I want them to be like, let's get a visionary in here who could do something so new and different with Ghostbusters that we take everybody by storm. Not <coughs> okay. We've got to answer the call. How do we make sure that we make that canon? Because that just doesn't feel as important as writing. You want a, a clean really break, story. right? I think I do. I, I think I do. Well, I wonder though, Craig. Like, if you look at it like this, like maybe, but maybe that's why. Like, that's what I want too. You know, but maybe that's why they're going ahead and getting that out of the way in comic form, so they don't have to address that in another movie. They can just be like, "Well, fuck it, we did it. Like, it's in the comics. We don't need to." Yeah, you know, maybe maybe that's their way. Like, I I, I see what you're saying and how it, it's kind of bumming you out that it's like an after the fact thing that like, hey, let's do it now. But maybe, but yeah, just maybe no, they can I mean, be like, oh well, we did it, so it's it's out of the way. You know what? You could be right, and I really haven't thought about that. Um, but it, I, this kind of goes back to like the uh, the comments Ivan Reitman was saying about um, it's really important for him to make the universes make sense. Mm-hmm. I think with Star right. Wars. I get that because you're talking about seven or eight movies, multiple TV shows, comic books, novels, 40 years of history. I think with Star Wars, that makes sense. With Ghostbusters, I think it's like, hey, let's make a great movie. Let's just keep trying to make a great movie and revitalize this franchise. Um, But I've got faith in all of them that they're going to do it. I just maybe I'm eager. I'm an eager beaver. Mm. That's what I got to say. I get it, man. I I mean, I get it. And I agree, man. I just, I kind of hope the next, the next thing we get from Ghostbusters is, I don't know. It's either, either, either let's set it in that original universe or let's just do something new and not worry about that kind of shit. Just, just like you said, just focus on being good. Focus on being good. Right. I like it. God, right. I felt like I got so serious on that. We've been really you serious. You did, and it's good. It's yeah. good you like it. Serious. Guys, I'm not some jokester, okay? Yeah. I don't make jokes. What are you guys are you I take kidding? this stuff very seriously. Dead serious. Um, and also, they did a great job, and I'm going to keep reading it, um, because I like Ghostbusters, and I want to see, uh, you know, I'm going to see what's going on. I want to see how they resolve this crossover, and maybe 
Um, my hope is that the girls get their own comic. Yeah, I would. That's what I was just thinking. I wish they could do like a single run of their origin stories based on Andrew Schaefer's book and the opening of that, and how Abby and Aaron were friends in high school and how they first interacted with ghosts. Because I thought those were really terrifying and endearing stories. So Can I'd I love just to say see that. one more thing. Out of all eight Ghostbusters, well, there's more than eight Ghostbusters because you have the extreme Ghostbusters and uh, Kylie and all that stuff. But out of the eight movie Ghostbusters, Abby is by far my least favorite. I just want to put it out there. Um, And it's not because of Melissa McCarthy. It's just because I find her character to be, to be grating and annoying. And even on the, in the, in this, uh, there's a scene, uh, spoiler alert, where she gets mad about like the phone, like clicking in and out or something. Well, there's a scene. I literally was like, stop being so annoying. There's a scene at the end, or there's two pages, um, at the end of Ghostbusters 101 with Aaron and Abby discussing something. And Abby's just, she's just annoying. Uh, Kevin is standing behind them wearing a broccoli costume for no reason. <laughs> it's never explained. <laughs> um, which is kind of funny. It's a fun gag. Yeah, you, fun gag. you laugh. So maybe I just don't like Abby as a Ghostbuster. I, I find her to be like, I don't know, I kind of don't blame Kristen Wiig for not wanting to be her friend anymore. Right. I would have just let yeah. her like live in that portal. Like right. once, <laughs> just leave her. Oh yeah, she's gone. Oh, once she's Aaron, gone. once Aaron dives in to get her, she's like, just, she, uh, Abby's like, "Are you here to save me?" And uh, Aaron's like, "Oh, we kind of just need your proton pack. Those are expensive." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not. There's just like not enough. I can't get you back. This this hose isn't strong Sorry. enough. I also, just your can't. glasses are in your hand. So <laughs> <laughs> there's the laughter I desire. There it is. Uh, cool. So that's my watch stress. I feel good. I feel great. That off my chest. <clears throat> wonderful. Um, cool. You guys want to talk about some movies? Yeah, we've seen Let's some movies. Let's talk we've about some movies. movies. We got to catch up. Movies. So, so building up towards uh, March, we kind of kept talking about all these releases coming out. So movie madness, movie March, movie madness, March movie madness. Logan, yeah, Kong, cool, Beauty and the Beast. Haven't seen it yet. Power Rangers, gonna see it. It's not out yet. It's not out. In uh, Belco experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we wanted to maybe kind of break down what we've seen so far since uh, our our adventures and travels. So you guys want to start with. Uh, Logan, since it's been a couple weeks already? Yeah, I think Jake should start with Logan. Jake. I think we should travel back to some of Jake's early feelings about Logan. <coughs> Jake, Man, sorry for the coughing. I wanna, I'm going to say this right now. Okay. And I haven't brought this up, but I want to. We haven't okay. talked about it. When, Jake, you saw Logan the day before us. You saw it on that opening Thursday night. I did, yeah. And after the movie, I texted you kind of around the time when I thought uh, – it would be over, and I said, hey, how was the movie? And you sent me back a picture. <laughs> Do you remember this picture? No, I, don't. Was, I have no idea what you're talking It was about. sensitive material. Okay. It was, yeah. Um, Highly sensitive. And I, listen, if, if, if I didn't feel the – if I wasn't the exact same – way and in the same boat as you, I wouldn't... I'm not trying to embarrass if you. If we weren't I in am, it with yeah, you. No, you're good, you're good. Jake sent me a picture, a selfie... Of him after Logan, and if you would have sent me that picture and I didn't know Jake and and you said, hey, what do you think just happened to this person? I would say, <laughs> oh, he just found out his entire family was murdered. <laughs> That's uh, kind of what happened. What Jake you- was 
he, you were flush with tears, and I felt terrible for you. It was my, an emotional selfie. My initial thought was, God, you know, this guy needs to get a grip. It's a God. movie. And then 24 <laughs> hours later, as the credits rolled, I was... No! No! <laughs> no! Yes, I was like, do not make that cross an X. No! <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Jake, why, why, why don't you start off with some thoughts on Logan? Yeah, Logan was rough. Um, you know, I, we've been talking since that first trailer come out about how excited you know i was to see this movie just because it finally looked like they were going to do something right with the x-men franchise there had been hugh jackman has been wolverine for 18 years at this point 18 like that's a long time and there have been what nine eight or nine x-men movies let's see so there's three Four, there's five, the three. Six. Yeah, so there's, there's the oh, 10. 10? Yeah. It's got to be 10. And, you know, out of all of those movies, not counting Logan, um, they've been, there's been some good things here and there, but there has never been an X Men movie that's like. Great. And yeah, there's never been like an a- Avengers style, like, there's never been one where you're like, oh, they got it right. You right. know, there's there, there's things here and there that are good. Like the first class was pretty good. Um, I think Days of Futures Past is probably probably the best X Men movie, but it's still a ways off from from what it could be. Right. And uh, as far as like the Wolverine origin films or the the Wolverine like solo films, the first one was awful. Like it, I, I think I posted this after I saw Logan. Like Wolverine Origins is like gone down in history as one of the worst superhero movies ever. Mm-hmm. It's right. bad. The second Wolverine movie was like, it was fine, but it's not, it's like, it was forgettable. It was okay, but it wasn't great. But then like Logan is, it's like a hundred percent true to that character. It's like a real X-Men movie. It's like a serious fucking movie. You get to see, you know, Logan and Professor Xavier be those characters, and and we're just—I mean, the movie's been out. We're gonna—we we saw it. We're gonna spoil it. Both of these characters die, mm-hmm. and uh, and I didn't think they were gonna kill off Logan. You know, I I, I know that they've said multiple times, like, hey, this is his last time doing this you know, that role, and you always kind of like wonder if it really is. They've already talked about. You know, that character maybe be they're like they're making more X-Men movies that that character could fit in. So who knows? But they kill Logan. Uh, his, <laughs> his fucking last words are like the saddest last words possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she fucking turns his cross into an X. Duh. And like and like to top to top all of that shit off like the the mo- there there's some things in the movie that I don't think are are amazing there's some things that I I maybe would have changed but overall the movie's amazing and mm-hmm. it's fucking it's super sad and on top of that there's no after credit scene whatsoever and that's that's almost like worse because it's already you already it's already the end of like a major franchise it's the end of of this actor portraying this character and even if like even if some of these movies haven't been great 
I've always loved the X-Men. And, you know, when you super love it, like, you, you still get into it. You're still emotionally invested. And when he's been playing the character for 18 years, for 18 years I've been watching Wolverine, mm-hmm. you know. And Wolverine's always been the best part of, of the X-Men movies. But it's over. Yeah. And and to not – and with a Marvel movie, to not have an end credit scene teasing anything, not even teasing, you know, the, a new X-Men movie – it just made it feel so definitive mm-hmm. that it's just done. Yeah. The movie uh, was, um, and I agree with everything you just said. The movie. Oh, I had to sit for a while and cry before getting up and leaving the theater. Like, it levels you emotionally. It's we cathartic. all know the state of uh, superhero movies. They're, it's gotten to the point where they're all kind of the same. Like, all the Marvel movies are great, uh, but if you look at, like, Ant-Man... And uh, Doctor Strange, they're pretty formulaic. Yeah, they kind of, they kind of, they kind of, you know. I feel like similar beats. Guardians is kind of an exception, and that's what. And uh, but for the most part, a lot of these superhero movies are they're following the same beats, the same origin stories. Then you get the sequel where it's like we're going to add two villains, and like we've kind of seen that right in X Men's these movies. Now it's a whole country at Jeopardy instead of a whole city, right? Right, and I'm not a huge X Men fan. I've never really been into the comics. I did not watch the cartoon as a child. Uh, I kind of had a cursory interest in the the movies. I did like X Men and X Two a lot when they came out. and really haven't kept up with it. So going into Logan, my thoughts were, I knew the reviews were good, but I was just going into it pretty open-minded. Like, I just want to see an entertaining movie because that's kind of what I always think going into, like, these superhero movies. I want to be entertained. But Logan was, like, crazy good. Yeah. It, it was, you can right now, right off the bat, no hyperbole, make an argument that it's one of the, best if not the best superhero inspired movies ever made and it's because they didn't stick the the director uh james mangold who also directed the last wolverine movie he got to do him and hugh jackman got to make the movie (coughs) they they wanted to make Mm -hmm. and they got to really explore those characters and and i mean the introduction of x-23 was awesome Mm -hmm. um and oh yeah give me like a a band of misfits like lord of the flies island of misfit toys like group of kids living together on their own and operating like as a team i am in like that was so good but then even before you meet them or you meet her that relationship between uh patrick stewart and uh hugh jackman is just like it just breaks your heart and it you're just when he's carrying him and when like at one point Patrick Stewart's like talking about Taco Bell oh, yeah. and like it's so real and like his the that shelter thing what is that that he lives in with oh, where yeah. all the light yeah. it's, it's it's like it's stunning like it's unforgettable imagery right. and it's it's real and it plays out like a western and you just know right off the bat the 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 tone of the movie is completely different than anything that you're going to see in an X-Men movie which are the X-Men movies are like popcorn like colorful bright right. um you PG-13, know PG-13 you know, and and you know like I'm not saying that that the X-Men movies need to be these like hard R like this movie is hard R rated you know it's like there's, there's some boobs at tons one point of, there's boobs in it there's tons of uses of my favorite word fuck yes. there's lots mm. of it it's there it's super gory there's lots of you know Carnage there's a is, lot of death mm-hmm. going on but mm-hmm. and I'm not saying like the X-Men, you know, it's sad that it's taken 20 years and 10 X-Men movies to get one that, you know, feels right. Right. But I'm not saying that the X-Men movies need to be rated R. Wolverine does when he's on his own. 
But still, it's just like good to finally have something that feels like an X-Men movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it actually has like some humorous moments, like when uh, X-23 is doing her little spiel with like the Billy, Veronica, like whatever the names are. And then uh, Wolverine's like, you got your Billies. You got you. Like, I don't even remember the kids' <laughs> names. It's like the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> what I love about it too is that it does bring what the, I think when you feel all the emotions at the end, it's because it's the finality of that, of what you just saw. Like when somebody dies and, and you see a character that you love or an actor that you has been playing this character for 20 years, uh, they die on screen. That means it's over. Um, but because it's the world of movie making and this, this movie take place, takes place, what, 30 years in the future. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Hugh Jackman back doing like a Deadpool crossover kind of thing. And really, that wouldn't cheapen it for me because this movie, I feel like, stands alone. I, you could show Logan to anybody. I was ushered in by this movie base. I think I've seen like maybe two X Men movies, but I barely remember them to be honest. So this was my first foray into the whole franchise, like realistically. And if I felt the emotions like I did, then that's a testament to the film. So, just like Dark Knight, you could just watch standalone, knowing nothing about Batman, have never mm-hmm. seen Batman Begins. I feel like Logan deserves like uh you know awards like oscars and golden globes and that kind of thing will it you know it's a long time before that it came out a month and a half after all that stuff you know mm-hmm. it's early in the year so uh i feel like patrick stewart and hugh jackman should have consideration uh for the acting in this movie because they're just it's just that good mm-hmm. um and i love that like the critics loved it and I love how much money it's making. And I love that it's a, a hard, like, it's a movie made for us, people like us. Dude, we, I love saying hard R. I'm just <laughs> happy that's what it is. And I'm happy there were kids in it. Like, I don't even care if that sounds weird. That was just, it was great juxtaposition, great, like, it, it was all the ingredients There's actually that I Terminator 2 vibes in that movie. Yes! Yeah. I mean, you've got, like... You really the, want to shine them. <laughs> like, that's what I feel. Right, right. I loved it. Um, and you've got Hugh Jackman kind of, like... He reluctantly becomes the father figure to this girl, and he wants no part of it because I think mm, he kind of realized Uncle Buck, yeah, that yes, his time is kind of coming to an end. And the last thing this guy wants to feel is an emotional connection. He's already having to deal with like crazy professor. He X. leaves her, and it takes forever. Yeah, I love it. Um, so it's great. I I can't recommend Logan enough, and I'm like the guy, we're like reviewing it three weeks after the fact, <laughs> but still, if you haven't seen it, we're still crying. We're still crying. <laughs> um. And I can't think of another superhero movie that's had that kind of emotional effect on me as far as, like, when I left, I was contemplating my own existence, um, <laughs> which is not... My exact words were, I need a minute, like, when it was done, because everyone was getting up so fast. It's like, how are, how are you all leaving? Yeah. Um, so, and let, I don't want to be dismissive of... The action was awesome. Yeah. The, yeah. the, 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 set, the action pieces in this movie were great. When they go to the farm with that family, uh, all of that stuff was like crazy, like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Right. Uh, you've got the Logan clone who shows up, who looks is obviously just Hugh Jackman, but he's like right. super ripped and like scary. Like, it's good, man. It's so good. So good. Um, but uh, yeah, anything else on Logan before I know we're kind of like doing a quick recap of it, but um, there's not really a whole lot more to say other than the movie uh, is wonderful. Loved it. Can't wait for the next one. <laughs> Logan 2. Um, and I like that, the, like I said, I like that the, the director, you know, they had Old Man Logan as source material, but uh, from everything I've read, this, this was not 
out of the comics. They they did no, their own no, thing. No, not at all. Um, and it was cool because Patrick Stewart came out and said this is you know definitively the last time he's going to play that role. Yeah. Um, and Jake, I know you had a strong connection to his character, um, and and how many times he's reprised it already. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he's been great. He's been one of the best. You know, the, I mean, those two actors are out of uh, you know the X Men franchise. I believe those are the best two performances we've gotten. And uh, I wish, like, I know they're they're already like working on another X Men movie that's um, I believe is just a sequel to uh, Apocalypse. So it will have a lot of those same characters, which is crazy because like you know Wolverine is in Apocalypse and. I don't know if they're just not going to have him in it at all, but I wish they wouldn't. I kind of wish after this, I wish they would just hit the reset button and, you know, give it a little bit of a rest and start new and, you know, recast some of these uh, characters and maybe go for more of a comic book feel. Maybe like, I wish they would just do an original X-Men blue team and just tell that, first story with that like small group of mutants that Xavier, you know, takes in and just, you know, do something a little different with it. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, just, just as an update, uh, Logan, as of recording this on a $97 million budget has made 188 million domestically and another 339 worldwide. Many. So that's over a half a billion dollars. So, uh, I don't feel like they're going to be resting at all. They're going to churn because studios fail to realize why movies are successful. Mm. Uh, we're probably going to get do a it bunch- again. Just do it again. Do it again as soon as possible. How about like Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique, but kind of like a really hard R, like violent. Oh, that's going to be good. I can't. Uh, I no. can't wait. This is. Kind of, I feel like uh, this is an anomaly. <laughs> and- <laughs> that's how we feel. That's how we feel. Um, so, moving on. Anything else on Logan before we go? Nope. That's it. All right, cool. Should we talk about Mr. Kong? Yeah. Let's do it. But not King Kong, just Kong. Not King Kong. Just Kong. Kong is a good king. king. Kong is a good king. Inverted Kong King. Uh, So Kong is out. It's been out for about a week, a little bit more recent than Logan. Um, Jake, you're the resident monster man around here. You had a ton of anticipation for Kong. What are your thoughts? Um, I loved it. Every literally everything about Kong. Okay. I have nothing to complain about. It was one of the funnest movies I've seen in a very long time. Like, you know, it's kind of on the other side of Logan. Logan was like super good, but it was depressing and sad. And Kong was like, it was incredibly fun to watch. Yeah. It was very, it was very hopeful for, for the new monster movies that we're getting it was super colorful and it was something that I didn't really expect is it almost seemed like there were so many shots in this movie that were colored in such a like beautiful way where it almost looked like you were watching a painting. Yeah, and there were, there were just so many scenes that they like lingered on as if they just wanted it. I mean, it was like the director was like, I want to see this image and made it happen. And it was like, it was, it, I mean, it's a like it's a fucking big monster movie, but it was like watching an art piece. There, yes. it just looked amazing, yeah. and and all of the my favorite thing about it is that all of the monster stuff is like 
in pure daylight. There's no hiding in the dark. There's a couple, there's a couple night scenes, but overall, most of it is just right out in the open. They're not trying to hide their fucking CGI or anything. It looked amazing. It was fun. It was filled with just like so many fucking weird monsters. And it was really funny. Yeah. I loved it so much. And I, I, I just can't fucking wait to see it again and to see, uh, you know, the new Godzilla and just whatever they're going to make. I loved it. Right. John C. Riley added a lot to that movie. And yeah, I think the visuals were stunning too. Like there's one scene with Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson where they were like standing outside of it. It looked like an Aurora Borealis or whatever, like yeah. all the light changing. Like that reminded me of guardians of the galaxy, not to always bring it up, but like there were some really specific images. Like there was like green smoke coming out of a skull at one point, like on the ground during a lot of like the conflict. And it was just like very striking. I really liked Brie Larson a lot. I liked the movie. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was like a, exciting popcorn flick so there's a lot of really good action it was very positive it you know made the soundtrack might have been a little you know it felt like some of those like all of the vietnam war movies have kind of the same soundtrack some of the same songs so, yeah. yeah as much as i, I love it, you I John it, though, uh, yeah i was about to say i dug i, I dug though like the credence songs and i really yeah. liked that they did so many there were a lot of those like little montages you know, where they would do a song right. and but but they were fun and like there was the one uh, like the one where Brie Larson's character is like taking pictures of the natives. Yeah, I really and, uh, like that I, a lot. And I read a little thing about that. How they took like uh, they took like a lunch. They, they like they didn't go to lunch that day, and that's when they filmed all that section. And they just played around and like just had fun filming that little. And it just it just felt it like something natural. that a lot of movies don't do. You know, they just took time to be like, hey, let's let's see what happens. I like that. Yeah. Um, so. Right. Here is here is my opinion on the new King Kong film. Um, I liked it a lot. I feel like I liked Godzilla more. Um, I feel like that's if we're going to compare it to anything. So I was talking to this uh, uh, with Abby. You can't really compare like modern tentpole monster movies to old ones because they're just so much better. You know, like they're so different. They're yeah. so different. They're so much better. The act, like when you watch old monster movies from like this B movies, like the acting's bad, the special effects are bad, the movie is bad, and now it's always like, uh, okay, we have a new King Kong movie. Who's the cast? Uh, Samuel Jackson, John Goodman, Brie Larson, Tom Hiddleston. It's like, oh, John C. Riley. Like these are all like legitimately great actors. So mm-hmm. the acting's, uh, the characters are great in this movie. My only complaint. If I had to, and this is really nitpicky, and I do want to say I agree with everything Jake said, so I don't, I want to just repeat everything he said. It is very well shot. Um, it is beautiful. The CGI was incredible. Kong looked so, so good. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. the the ending fight with him and the, uh, what are the skull crawlers? Skull? Yeah, skull yeah. crawlers. Yeah. That whole sequence. And the scene where he's got, like, the uh, the giant octopus or whatever, the squid uh, thing. Uh, was he eating? Was he just like a little raw sashimi. Like, <laughs> I loved that scene. That was really cool. Because you see the humanity, like, within the monster at that point. And you're like, oh, he's right. just trying to have a snack. He's just. He's going to take the whole thing with him, too, for later. <laughs> um, I get it. Had to get that to-go box. Get that box. No, um, my only complaint, I thought John C. Riley was great. But I thought it would his character would have had a more impact if he if they did like the independence day thing 
where he sacrifices himself at the end to save the group. Like, yeah. I, I felt like it was a little weird how, like, the ending shot where, like, they show him go home to his family. And that was like, my complaint, too, because introducing two brand new faces of characters that we've never seen, which are his wife and kid. Um, it's just kind of, I guess that's a weird thing to do as, like, an ending note, but, like, whatever, fuck it. Because he was the one who was informing them, like, no, Kong is good, and you don't need to fuck with him, and I felt like, because it it was, it it becomes clear halfway through the film that Samuel Jackson's character is kind of an asshole, and he just wants to be at war, and he has nothing to live for without Mm -hmm. it, so I was really glad to see him, uh, die, Mm -hmm. um, not that I have anything against Samuel Jackson, but I really because I just thought John C. Riley's character uh, maybe should have done something where he realizes like that was his new home and he was going to protect Kong just like Kong had protected him. Having said that, that's super nitpicky and it is a big fun popcorn flick, and maybe that's a little too heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I I wonder if maybe that was a plan at some point. It it almost seems like they. Maybe uh, they got a little too attached to that character. Yeah. You know, maybe they were like, he's too funny. He's too mm-hmm. like John C. Riley is just too likable. Maybe right. they were just like, let's just, we don't want to kill him. You right, know, like, right. and, and then, you know, you mentioned Godzilla and like, I also like, I mean, Godzilla is my favorite. Like, you're not going to I'm not going to ever be like, yeah, King Kong movie was better than God. I like Godzilla better as well. It's a way different movie. But if you think about it, like a lot of people hate that they killed off Brian Cranston in that. Right. And I'm like, kill John C. I, w- <laughs> I wonder if that's the same. Like, what if they were like, well, no, we better we better not better kill not. him off. You know? <laughs> it could but, be you know, need him. So that is another thing that I liked is like I, I did like Godzilla is a. It's a better movie. It's a little more serious. It takes monster movies more seriously. But I like that these movies, they're now in the same universe. And I like that they're not trying to do the exact same tone for every one. Right. Godzilla's a little darker. King Kong was a little more fun. I do think the next Godzilla film is probably going to be closer in tone to this. Right. Because of who's directing it. Uh, the guy who's directing it is known for making like funny horror movies. Right. So I know it's going to be a little different, but Oh, one thing I wanted to say, Abby, you brought up that scene with the octopus. That was probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Uh, if only because, so there, there are lots of, you know, there are other King Kong movies. There's a, <clears throat> in the, I think in the, I want to say the six, the seventies, maybe seventy four. Uh, they came out with uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, right. a Japanese mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And in that movie, um, that version of King Kong also fights like a giant octopus. Oh, so I felt like I don't know if that was like. I mean, it had to be intentional, right? They had to throw. They had to do that as like a throwback to that film. Um, but it was just so cool seeing. You know, that same fight scene so many years later yeah. with the technology now, it, it just it it felt like I was watching an old, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla movie. I right. really loved seeing that. It was cool. The entire right. sequence where the uh, the helicopters first arrive <laughs> on Skull Island and yeah. and, and uh, Kong starts going ape shit on them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Ba-doom. It's amazing. Like the way he like does, like he jumps up and punches the one helicopter and he like throws it, he eats the guy. Like it was just awesome. Yeah. And it really yeah. like the design on Kong, although he's bigger than the, the 76 Kong, which is kind of the one the Kong from 76, that's the one a lot of people are familiar with, and mm-hmm. that's the one that like iconic. That's a very yeah. iconic one, and that's the one Kong Confrontation was mm-hmm. based on. 
His, <laughs> his face design is very similar to that. Well, I, I had read that they tried to, um, as far as the design of King Kong, I read that they tried to make him look more like the original. Right. Uh, because the original King Kong, like, so something that um, Peter Jackson did, his King Kong was just a giant gorilla. Right. Like, it was just a it was just a twenty five foot tall mm-hmm. gorilla. Now the original King Kong wasn't. It was you know it was like a weird, almost like looked like a missing link type thing. He walked upright, which gorillas don't really do. And uh, whenever they first unveiled you know that that nice clean picture of this new Kong, they had said that they wanted it. They wanted him to be less gorilla like and more like the original where he was still a monster you know right. you could still tell that there was something like a little feral about him and uh i like that i like that he's you know standing upright and he he's he's mean when he wants to look mean i liked this design better than the peter jackson oh, i think I, God, like, yeah. I, I like this movie better than the peter and i like the peter jackson king kong i think it's a good faithful like adaptation of the original it's got a it's got a ton of monsters in it too but i think i like this better um, it better than the original one that i was watching <laughs> yeah, yeah i think this Brie movie, Larson definitely got a lot more done in this role as a photographer, <laughs> so that was cool. I think, I think what I and like... she got some shots fired in the end, which was really cool. Yeah, and I think what I like about it is they didn't feel that it was necessary to uh, to really do that same story again of the, the yeah, film crew showing up. They just did their own thing. Uh, how about that scene where Tom Hiddleston has the sword? And oh, it, shit. And it turns into, like, a Power Rangers movie for a He's second. got a gas mask on? Does yeah. he not? That's, like, a sick image. I love it. So that the director posted, like, on his Instagram, uh, like, years ago, whenever he first, I think I think it even said, like, 2014, I think might have been the year. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it said 2014. When he first got involved with making this movie, that was one of the first pieces of artwork uh-huh. that he... And, and there's a picture uh, – he, he posted like a split screen of the shot from the movie and the original artwork, and it was just a vision he had. And he was like, I want this in the movie, and it's just something that's – it's stuck with it, and it looks almost exactly like – like the only difference between the artwork is like I think the smoke is a different color than mm. he originally thought. But that was something that he was like, I want this in the movie. <laughs> so Right. I mean that's awesome. That's cool when a uh – a director has a vision and they're allowed to stick to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, really fun movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're obviously setting up a universe of monsters. Jake, uh, <laughs> stinger scene. I did not really love the, uh, the post credit scene. It felt a little like forced, like Batman versus Superman to me. Like here's some pictures of, of monsters. I, I just didn't, <laughs> I, I just didn't like it. I thought they could have um, maybe done something else. Yeah, I I loved it. I mean, it had obviously I loved it because it had something to do with Godzilla, but I did read that they had a couple other like ideas in mind for that, but they couldn't quite make them work. Um they originally wanted like the care uh, I read that the original idea was that the those char- there's like four characters that are in that scene, uh-huh. instead of being in like a room, they were going to have them in a boat. Okay. And, and like Tom Hiddleston's character is going to be like, what are we doing out here? And the other guy, I can't remember his name was going to be like, Oh, wait for it. And then they were going to 
like Godzilla was going to surface Whoa. and you would actually see him. But they were like, well, that doesn't make sense with the other Godzilla movie because we say he hasn't surfaced. You know, we haven't seen him since 54. Right. It wouldn't so. make sense for him to. So they couldn't actually show Godzilla. It just wouldn't make sense. See, I thought um, I thought the post credit scene was going to be something like where they go back to the uh, the tribal uh the uh, temple area, yeah, right? The temple Whatever. area on the yeah. on the uh, on the island, and you would be the natives panning. Yeah, the natives. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, and they would pan the walls, and you would because you know they had the artwork and the the hieroglyphics. Right, right. That would have been and cool. And you would see like Godzilla, <coughs> almost kind of a, oh yeah, like oh, the stone yard tour, yeah, like alluding yeah. to, to the that. fact that maybe Godzilla and Kong or somebody in Kong's family had met in the past. Well, um, what 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 I thought they were gonna do. What I thought they were kind of setting up is, you know, so during yeah. the movie they they talk about how the skull crawlers come from underground, right. and the guy who works for Monarch talks about how you know his Hollow Earth theory, yep. which is something they talk about in Godzilla because you know they find the Mutos in the ground. So I thought the after credit scene was going to be like maybe we pan to one of those holes in the in the island, yeah, and maybe we were going to see like. King Ghidorah come up or something yeah. like that. Okay. Any action we, would have been preferable to like yeah, just exposition but, in a stationary but, setting. But you gotta like you you gotta think about it. Like that new Godzilla movie is a couple years out, and they don't have those designs down yet. Right? I bet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're probably that's what they're they can't put a creature that's going to be in a movie that's coming out years from now in Kong. Because it's probably not finished yet. They probably don't have a final, like, you know, rendering of it. Like, maybe they're still making changes on how they want those monsters to look. And it, it had already been confirmed that the the, the monsters for the new Godzilla movie were going to be King Ghidorah, Mothra, and Rodan. Right. And they also, like, ruined that surprise if you actually paid attention to the to credits. To the credits. I was just going to bring that oh, up. Yeah. Because, like, that kind of bummed me out. I'm sitting here watching the credits, and then it's like... Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Rodan, and Mothra are trademark, and I was like, "Oh, obviously they're in the after credit scene." Right. Yeah. So, I I think what they did is the best thing they could have done. Like they, I, I yeah, I would have loved to actually see Godzilla, but I see why they don't. It doesn't make sense with the story. They might not have you know CGI or just designs done of the other three creatures. Maybe they want to save that and not. You know, those are those three monsters are really the those are the three monsters that people who don't know about Godzilla still know about. Right. So like maybe they didn't want to reveal what those are gonna look like yet, if they even know yet. So dude, I think so basically they're gonna have to bring Kong to the mainland at some point, and that's probably I'm guessing going to be in the beginning of King Kong versus Godzilla. It'll be the same this kind of that similar story of like capturing him and bringing him mm-hmm. to America. Um, yeah. And I'm very excited to see these monsters tear apart some American cities or yes. international cities. Yeah. But let's face it, by the end of that movie... They're teaming up to fight a bigger bad. Yes, Kong and Godzilla will be on they, the same team. They are, and that's what I wonder. Like, So, I'm excited for Godzilla 2, but, but I feel like they're putting... There's four new monsters in it, and that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, wow. And now... 
traditionally in in the older um, Godzilla films, Godzilla has fought King Ghidorah multiple multiple times. King Ghidorah has always been like his arch nemesis. It's been the big foe, mm-hmm. and every time he's fought King Ghidorah, he's always needed help. It's never been. Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Right. It's mm-hmm. always been like Godzilla and two or three other monsters team, yeah. having to fight King Ghidorah. So I see that's what they're doing, but that seems a lot for part two. Right. And if they're doing a Godzilla versus King Kong, who is fucking bigger than King Ghidorah that they that they're gonna have to team up and fight against? I'll like, tell you who it is. I'm gonna call it right now. Okay. Rowan the Destroyer. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be that the greatest monster. villain of all time. Yeah, it's gonna be the Cloverfield. <laughs> but um, let me tell you one other interesting like thing about putting these two together is that in the in the Godzilla like universe and the older films, uh, you know some of those movies. Um, are, are like in continuity with some of the others. And then some are just random, like one-offs and all right. that. But mm-hmm. something that's kind of a, a, a thing through all of them is that in that universe, there's an Island called, they just call it monster Island. Uh-huh. And that's where like all the monsters live. Oh, and like, yeah. they'll be like, they'll be like, Oh shit. Godzilla broke out of monster Island. He's headed this way. Or like a space monster will show up. And like, I mean, there's literally one movie where, these guys make this robot and they're like, Hey, we need you to go to monster Island and get Godzilla to come fight this thing. You know? So it's, <laughs> right. yeah. And, and now that we have skull Island, I wonder if just like Ooh. skull Island is going to become, it's going to be monster Island and right. maybe we'll get, you know, something like that down the road. Yeah. Well, let's look An at the breakdown here. Monsters, so you've right. got Godzilla was 2014. You've got Kong 2017. Godzilla two is about to start filming. So what's the release date of that? Do we know? I think it's, I think it, is it 19, 2019? Right yeah, Godzilla 2, 2019, uh, yeah. Godzilla King of the Monsters, March 22nd, 20, so just, uh, two years from today. That's interesting. Wow. Dang. Oh, yeah. So two years from today, we'll have Godzilla King of the Monsters. And then I think the next year is we're going to get the, um, we're going to get Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. And then these movies are going to make a shit ton of money, so there's no reason to think that we're not going to have major mega monster movies for the next decade. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I saw uh, – you know how like Marvel does those timelines and they'll put like oh, yeah. for the next three years? So somebody on like one of the Godzilla pages I'm on made a fake one for the for the like monster universe. Yeah. And they, and they had other ones. They had like a Mothra standalone movie, a Rodan standalone movie, <laughs> and, then a, and then a Destroy All Monsters which was in a there there is an old Godzilla movie called Destroy All Monsters that had like 15 different monsters in it that all have to like team up at the end to fight guess who King Ghidorah so I was like oh that'd be cool if they did something like that but uh yeah I I read that King Kong's not going to have much of a big role if any in the new Godzilla it's gonna it's its own movie but I'm sure it will also kind of have a you know, a stinger on it. So mm-hmm. it's funny. I'm just reading some articles right now, and apparently, the odds of this happening uh, are not great. But there's talk of John C. Riley's character just getting his own spinoff movie. Oh my god! So, I don't. I, <laughs> at this point, I watch it. Yeah, I watch but I. But I, but I want it to be him after he's back. Yeah, it's oh, just yeah. like having to readjust. That to part life. where he's like, "I put on my flight suit for you guys." Oh, that was really funny. <laughs> so funny. I love when he said that. <laughs> he's like, "Did we win the war?" <laughs> uh, there's nothing better than guy who's just lost in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, cool guys. Yeah. So March is two for two. Yeah. 
Logan and Kong, good. both good. Uh, maybe next week we'll... Uh, Beating the Beast, Power Rangers, maybe. teenage, tweenage yeah. episode. Yeah, I feel like I saw the trailer again for Power Rangers today. I'm still kind of... I know it's going to be not good, but it's Power Rangers. When has Power Rangers ever been good? I'm still kind of excited for it. Right. So. Yeah. Lowered expectations, that's the key. So the key. we'll go into it with a um, healthy Well, cool, guys. This was good. I feel like we're getting back into the swing of things. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's therapeutic. Going to have Star Wars celebration here in a couple weeks, and uh, which means we'll be getting... Costumes. Costumes. No, no we're going to be getting a uh, Last Jedi trailer, which, uh, that's a big deal. That's going to be a big deal. Yes, one. it yeah, is. That yeah. is. Um, and we're going to be down there while it's happening. So the goal will be to talk to people and get some live reactions from fans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, God, I can't... And to get near Felicity Jones. That in is like the a, goal. a legal way, like a good, reasonable distance. <laughs> but like to get to know her, like well, Our, yeah, my goal is to get somebody from the Star Wars universe onto this podcast that weekend. I don't know how we're it's going to happen. Maybe we'll be running into Alan Tudyk at some like late night bar or Hoping. something. Yeah, we'll just talk to him. <laughs> uh, we're going to be out. Uh, it's just going to be us like hanging outside of Billy D. Williams' hotel room. Like, should we knock? I'm going to be knocking. It's like. Uh, room 217 again? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... you got to embrace Who's life. Who's out there? you got to knock on Billy D. Williams' door and get him out. There you go. That's what we're going to do. But we do thank everybody for joining us for episode 50. Thank you. Uh, check us out, yeshavesomecast.com, facebook.com, slash yeshavesomecast, at YHS Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and always, thank you to our sponsor, Carnivorous Creations, yeah. Mike Nelson. Thanks, dude. He's, uh, I talked to him recently. He's working on some cool stuff, so hopefully we'll have some... Uh, more awesome Ghostbusters props to show off. Yeah, um, for sure. Thank you to Negamitis Pins for their free gifts. Keeping it fresh, sending cool pins and neat stuff. Good stuff. And uh, Stephen King cast. Stephen King. Super swell dude. I love that show. It's very indulgent. I love finishing. I've now done that with Carrie and The Shining, and now that I've just finished It, I've listened to, like I already mentioned, like three episodes thus far into his breakdown of It, and I just love him, and I really enjoy listening, and it's like a really good companion piece to a fully balanced Stephen King breakfast, so if you're reading one of his books, go and listen to the Stephen King cast, and hopefully we can get that guy on the show. Yeah. He's great. We should probably learn his name. We should learn his name. Stephen King. Stephen King cast, we love you. There you go. Uh, anything else before we sign off, guys? That's it. All right. I think we're good. Cool. Go get a big dinner. All right. I'm very 50. hungry. Happy 50. Happy 50th. Yes. For Abigail Gardner and Jacob Walsh, my name is Craig Goldberg saying, if you ever want to record a podcast, do it. We dare you to get 50 episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> Over the hill. Uh, we dare you. Cool. Well, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. On Yes, have some podcast. Good night. Bye. 50.